Hello, I'm Tom Fraser, and this is the Tom Fraser Podcast. Today I'm in Singapore talking with Keith Tan. Keith is the chief executive of the Singapore Tourism Board. The Singapore Tourism Board is the lead government agency for tourism, one of Singapore's key economic sectors. As we're about to learn, Singapore takes a very sophisticated, big-picture approach to developing its tourism sector. It is my distinct pleasure to be sitting here today at the offices of the Singapore Tourism Board talking with Keith Tan. Keith, to start a conversation, let's provide a bit of context. Tourism is a big business. How big is tourism in Singapore? Uh, what percent of the GDP? Hi, everyone. Well, tourism is a major contributor to the Singapore economy directly and indirectly. Last year, we had 18.5 million visitor arrivals, which makes us, by most international comparisons and benchmarks, amongst the top five cities with, in terms of international visitor arrivals. Uh, they spent in Singapore last year uh, estimated 27, close to 27 billion Singapore dollars in tourism receipts for contributing to the Singapore economy. All in all, tourism accounts for about 3.54% of GDP. Uh, that seems small compared to many other countries where tourism sometimes accounts for almost 10% of GDP. But you have to bear in mind that we have no such thing as domestic tourism right. here in Singapore, whereas in other countries, they account in domestic tourism as well. Where do people come from to Singapore? So our largest source markets for visitors are China, number one, Indonesia, number two, India, number three, then rounding up the top 10, we have a combination of different countries such, such as Malaysia, Australia, uh, uh, Japan, Korea, uh, around the world. I think we have quite a nice uh, diversified mix. So about one third of our total arrivals comes from our immediate Southeast Asian region, anchored by our number two market, Indonesia. Then another one third comes from Northeast Asia, and that's anchored by China. And the last third comes from the rest of the world, anchored by big markets like India, Australia, the UK. What are the big draws in, in Singapore tourism? I like to think that Singapore is a very distinct and differentiated city, urban destination, where a visitor can experience a wide range of experiences uh, at different price points. A very common perception, misperception, I might say, is that Singapore is very expensive. But we have worked hard over the years to create a wide range of dining, shopping, accommodation experiences, tourist experiences at different price points. So you can come for, you can have a great meal for $400 a person at a three Michelin star restaurant, and you can have a great meal for $20 at a hawker center as well. So this diversity of experiences in Singapore is something which I think appeals to a lot of people in a small urban built up destination, but yet it's still very green, very garden-like. Uh, we like to call ourselves a city in a garden, a city in nature down the road. I think that's something that appeals to a lot of people as well. Over the years, we've invested in a wide range of attractions, uh, some of which are brand names, such as Universal Studios. Others are homegrown, such as our world-renowned zoo and bird park. But in more recent years, we have also built up a lot more 
intimate, cozy, uh, more personalized uh, experiences and attractions. So some of the smaller museums that we have, I love, for example, our Asian Civilizations Museum. I love the tours that we have started to see a lot more of in Singapore, food-related tours, uh, bar tours, uh, uh, culture and arts-related tours in Singapore, which appeal to a wide range of interests, even nature and wildlife-related tours in Singapore, which would surprise lots of people. But there's a lot of nature and a lot of wildlife in Singapore as well. Many people associate tourism with holiday-making, uh, but tourism is actually much bigger than just vacation travel. Uh, would all activities come under the umbrella of tourism uh, at the Singapore Tourism Board? A large part of our mandate lies in promoting Singapore as a global capital for business travelers, business-related events. So in 2018, uh, we had almost 3 million visitors visiting Singapore for business-related purposes. Yeah, so business travel, business meetings, uh, incentive travel, conventions, exhibitions, and this BT mice, we call this the BT mice sector, is a major driver for our business. And because of the numbers, because of the spend, BT mice travelers spend typically 1.6 to 1.7, 1.8 times more than a leisure traveler. So these are valuable, high-quality travelers as well. But more importantly for, for BT mice, we see uh, this sector as important for the larger Singapore economy because Singapore is a thriving economy with uh, interest in many different sectors, advanced manufacturing, fintech, uh, uh, food and hospitality. We want to make sure that there is a vibrant calendar of business events in these different sectors that attract the best minds, the best professionals from around the world to come to Singapore because we want to position Singapore as a global capital of these sectors as well. So having a good mix of these business events, exhibitions, conventions related to these themes uh, is valuable for the Singapore economy, not just for tourism, but for the larger Singapore economy. Tell us about the business calendar that is interesting and what are some of the highlights uh, annually? Well, we have events that happen every year and events that happen every other year. Uh, we pursue, we pursue a create, attract, and grow strategy for business events. There are some homegrown events that are anchored here. They will not move, but they are Singapore events that have grown over the years, such as the Singapore uh, FinTech Festival, the Financial Technology Festival, which has grown rapidly since it started in 2016. Uh, this year, we coincided the event with the Singapore Week of Innovation and Technology. And we understand that the FinTech Festival and this Singapore Week of Innovation and Technology attracted over 60,000 attendees from over 130 countries. Other homegrown events that have grown over the years would include uh, the Singapore Air Show, which is one of the world's leading aviation event. Uh, which had 54,000 attendees in 2018. And we also host the largest Food and Hotel Asia event in 2018 with over 81,000 participants. So these are the events that are homegrown. Then we also look at attracting 
industry-leading events from around the world that maybe they may have started in Germany, for example, uh, but now we want to bring them to do an Asia version here in Singapore. So next year, for example, we will have the inaugural Asian edition of Gamescom. This is the world's leading event for uh, e-gaming, computer and video games, and it's huge in Cologne, where, 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 where it's now anchored in. Now we have succeeded in bringing them to Singapore to do an Asian edition, and we expect a turnout, uh, a fairly large turnout here in Singapore because we want to attract the Asian market as well. Next year, we expect to have the International Trademark Association's 142nd annual meeting. Now, these are meetings that go around the world, but we want to make sure that we attract some of these meetings here to Singapore as well. And this International Trademark Association meeting, we expect 8,000 participants. We go around also looking for the best in class events, whether it's in manufacturing, healthcare, uh, biomedical sciences, uh, digital media, and if there are opportunities f to bring them to Singapore, uh, not just for one year, but five years, ten years, we will do so. It's interesting you mentioned e-gaming. Uh, that sport is growing by leaps and bounds, and I'm just, just amazed yeah. about that. I wanted to ask, I come here both professionally and as a tourist. As a tourist, I especially enjoy exploring Singapore's diverse neighborhoods, you know, Chinatown, Kampong Glam, and I especially enjoy the food at the Hawker Centers. For my listeners who have not yet visited Singapore, uh, could you tell us uh, about what a Hawker experience, Hawker Center experience is like? So for visitors who are familiar with other Asian cities, you will be familiar with uh, street side uh, push carts or food stalls that where you see the food cooked in front of you, uh, sometimes in conditions that you may question whether they're sanitary or not. What the Singapore, and Singapore was like that many years ago as well, decades ago, but what the Singapore government did was to improve sanitary conditions, we decided to, the government decided to pull all of these street side hawkers into hawker centers all over the country. And, and, and so they were moved off the streets into covered hawker centers all over Singapore. And they have grown and to become very much a part of Singapore culture. Uh, many Singaporeans will spend at least a meal, one meal a day at these hawker centers, whether for breakfast or lunch or dinner. Uh, and many of these hawkers have passed on their skills to a second generation or even a third generation. And they are skilled at producing just one or two food dishes. And because they are so specialized, they become very good at what they do. And most importantly, at a very low price point. So a hawker center, if you visit, it may get a little bit warm and sweaty and crowded, but it is a true microcosm of Singapore culture. You see a whole range of uh, stalls manned by one or two people specializing in one or two dishes, but you see a microcosm of Singapore food, Singapore culture, all for under $5, $6 a dish in Singapore. Yeah, I understand some of these recipes have been handed down through three generations, so they've, they've really been perfected. I was actually at Tiang Baru's Hawker Center last night for dinner. That's great. So yeah. doing well. One more question. Singapore has opened several important large-scale additions to its tourism infrastructure recently. Can you tell us about Jewel and the new Terminal 5 at Changi Airport? Um, what's new about these projects, and, and what type of impact do big projects like these have on tourism in Singapore? 
Well, to be clear, Terminal 5 isn't opening yet. It won't open for a number of years because the planning oh, has started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the construction has started and the yeah. planning has started, mm -hmm. but I think it will only begin opening in phases in the late 2020s right. onwards. Yep. Jewel is um, in part of the existing airport terminal complex and it, was, it represents, in my mind, a marvellous transformational effort. It sits on what used to be an open-air car park serving Terminal 1 of Changi Airport. And it has now become a $1.25 billion shopping, retail, dining, play experience uh, that is on steroids. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an architectural marvel. It has a beautiful indoor waterfall, a beautiful indoor uh, forest inside that is cool uh, in all senses of the word, uh, but with great shops, Great restaurants, great play areas for, for visitors, a very good uh, Changi experience studio where visitors get to understand a little bit about the inner workings of the airport as well, and a very good hotel. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, uh, you, you might think of it as a, as a shopping mall again, but I think it's much, much more than a shopping mall, and it really humanizes the entire airport experience. Airports tend to be so anxiety-inducing for, for travelers. But I think Jewel has done a wonderful job of reducing the stress and, 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 and really enhancing the pleasure of travel for, for, for visitors. Uh, I, I, the way that it has contributed to tourism in Singapore, I think it has really helped to raise the profile of the airport and of Singapore. Uh, I love the marketing value that it has brought and the, the fact that it appears in travel magazines and websites all over the world. That just raises the profile of Singapore. Jewel's really something. Uh, I, I stopped there the last time I departed from Singapore. I recommend that listeners go to the airport early so you can spend some time there. Uh, Keith, uh, this is really fascinating. This is the conclusion of the first segment of my interview with Keith Tan, the chief executive of the Singapore Tourism Board. To learn more, please go to the second segment of my interview. <laughs> 